Breakout or fake out? Got a nice two-day rally. Friday, strong day. Monday, strong follow-through. Just Is this expansion of a, of a yearly trading range up here in the 4,000s? Or is the Bulls going to take control today? Well, they're behind the eight ball right now. We'll discuss a slew of earnings reports. And uh, if you're clicking on the headline number, you better be good because there's been some major reversals in uh, some of these earnings stocks. I guess people aren't using tape anymore. 3M, hmm, that's in the gutter. We got some good reports to discuss too. We got some crazy guidance in the lithium sector. We're going to talk bank stocks. and Get your bank stock questions ready for Nate Tobik. He's coming on at 835. Mitch, let's get things going. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Let's take a look at some of the commodities and futures here and then get to these slew of earnings reports. We're in the red by 12 and a quarter handles. High close for the year, 36.50. Didn't spend much time above that. Bulls are going to have to step up here. I'm not seeing any real good support in the market, but uh, hey, it's two strong updates. People are going to be looking to buy the dip, perhaps. The buck down marginally, 14.6 cents at 101.77. Your bonds are just up a few ticks. You can see the major resistance at 132.5, 133. Oh, crude's a teaser here. Do we want to bust through this double top at the 82.67 area? Or are we going to roll over and go back down into the middle 70 handle? Gold having another good day, pressing up, up 960 in 1938.10. Silver. Week yesterday, a little bit strong today, up a quarter, 2381. Bitcoin has a handle on it. It's a 23,000 handle, down $65 at $23,025. let us bring in the master of after hours and pre market disaster, Triple D. Some fun wow. reports today, huh? Fun reports. Yeah. Are you clicking on that first number and scrambling? Oh, yeah. Those news yeah. algos, and we've talked about this relentlessly on this show for the last, feel like, decade. But those news algos are often just on the wrong side of the trade. You look at the initial numbers, like, beat, beat, raise, buy, and it goes up a little bit, and then they pull the rug. Or it's like, miss, miss, and lower guide, and they sound, 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 oh, wait a second, got a reversal here on our hands. How does that happen? Why does that happen? Let's talk about it. Let's give some examples first. Do you want to start? Where do you want to start? General Electric? You know, well, you General know, Electric. Good old it's a good example. Okay. All right. Okay. And we're going to bring Mitch. Money Mitch in. Bring Where's Money Mitch, Mitch in. Who is that guy? Fire Mitch up today. Come on, Who Mitch. is that guy? Who is this guy? He's in the background. I can tell. I can tell. All right, Mitch. This, we're we're going to be methodical. We're going to do the numbers. We're going to move on. We're going to have our guests. We're going to do everything in order. Until Dennis goes on a rant. Well, we kind of already did it, but <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> let's yeah, do General Electric. Uh, let's go to General Electric. Of course, uh, I'm, 
I'm I'm happy I got out of my swing trade short. That's first yeah, of all. Uh, yesterday closed that. General Electric adjusted Q4 EPS at a dollar twenty-four, beat the dollar uh, thirteen cent estimate. Sales at twenty-one point zero billion, missed the twenty-one point five nine billion estimate. GEC's twenty-three continuing EPS at a dollar sixty to two dollars on the high end versus a two dollars and thirty-seven cent estimate. Revenue growth in the high single digits, yet getting the lift. Yeah, so what happens? So GE, significant lower guide. That's and a missing. significant lower guide. And look what they do off the hop. They hammer this thing down in the 77 handle. So down about two and a half bucks. Well, what do they do then? They're like, ah, let's buy them anyways. Why does this happen? Why does this happen? <laughs> Obviously, just speculation. We don't know who's trading. I wasn't me trading it. I wasn't trading GE this morning, but I, I speculate that a lot of this goes on, that you have the initial news algo that comes in, and if it's a miss-miss, they hit it. If it's a beat-beat, they buy it. And sometimes the devil's in the details, but sometimes it's just no details and it doesn't even matter. If you're a big hedge fund, and you've proposed this, Joel, before, if yes. you're a big hedge fund and you're long GE and you see it trading on very light volume. And you're like, screw it. I'm going to buy some more stock. They try to push it around a bit. And then they, and it doesn't take much on that headline number. They buy a little bit, buy a little bit. Now they got this thing going scratch. Now people are scratching their heads like, well, I thought it missed. I was a lower guy. And all of a sudden it goes green. And you're like, well, what do they like about it? That's right. But the media all of a sudden grabs, well, what do they like about this report? Oh, they like the beat. And then it's off to the races. Don't kid yourself. There are big players that push price around so you can't always just say it makes sense you know and they've found something in the report and it's all based on fundamental information sometimes it's all based on big player hedge fund positioning and they will push price around so maybe there's a big boy that's long ge and they're like nah we're not gonna let this thing go down here right now you know you don't know who it is and maybe it's not maybe it's a big girl too we don't know but in any regard here i think somebody says screw it we're buying this back up Sounds like report. it was a significant lower guide, but stocks trading higher can't argue with price. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sounds like you got a new chapter in your behavioral finance book, Dennis, that you need to write. Uh, this is totally happens. There is people who push price around, especially on some of the smaller ones. G is pretty big, but again, when it's trading on the number, and Joel, you could probably say when it's trading on the number, oh. everybody's backing off and waiting. So everything becomes illiquid on that earnings release. So I'm just saying, if you're a big boy, you can show some size too. You don't even you don't even have to get you don't even have to get scrambling. You know the news algo just hammered it, so you're going to catch them for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think that goes on. I think there's pushing around a price. They're not doing anything even illegal. They're just saying, I'll buy it. Yeah, and just putting the order it. out there, and they're buying it up. Yeah, I don't even think it's spoofing. I mean, because if you it's throw not. out, if you throw something out, like let's say this thing, I'm just giving a hypothetical uh, scenario here. You ticked under seventy seven, right? Yesterday's mm-hmm. low is seventy seven fifty four. You know, if you, you know, if you have the the trading capital, you you go set just like out of nowhere, you go okay, seventy seven fifty bid for five thousand, okay. You sweep the book, right? What's yeah. ever there, 
And then you're probably you go to the bit. I don't know how how liquid. I don't even it is. think they need to show size, Joel. I think they just need to start lifting offers. Yeah, true. And you get the thing go green, and then the media is like, ah, oh. it's like Verizon CEO on this morning. So mm-hmm. and Becky Quick asking, you know, why is your stock trading down? It looked like pretty good numbers. Why is your stock trading down? <laughs> you're asking them what the market participants are doing. You know, you don't know what every <laughs> algo is doing. You don't know what every hedge fund's doing. It's not as simple. It's not the simple formula, like beat, no. beat, raise, stock goes up, or miss, yeah. miss, lower guide, stock no. goes down. It doesn't always work that way. It sometimes no. works that way. It doesn't always work that way. And there's a lot of other reasons. There's a lot of other participants. You know, to Spinner's point, he always mentions expectations. We do, too. If expectations are higher going in, potentially, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing. But G was doing pretty well going in. Mm-hmm. This, you would think, would be a reason to sell the stock. I would think logically, with that lower guide, which is significant, I would think the stock would be trading lower on that, but straight 500,000 shares is trading higher. And now the media gravitate to it and they say, oh, they like this. They'll find a reason. The media <laughs> will always find a fundamental reason when sometimes it's just market mechanics. Hmm. Uh, technicals are a little bit tough. I'll give you the pre-market high on this one. Uh, that's up at 82.49. So if they really like this report, if they really like the lower guidance and they shouldn't have any problem uh, well, I shouldn't say any problem, but let's go up and test the pre-market high. Uh, coming back on the downside here, um, I'm looking at yesterday's high uh, for a gap fill. You could definitely see that at 80.02. And um, I guess a focus day would be the or the, the main focus number would be that this high close for the move at 80.49. That was on the 17th. This has just been, you know, this one caught a bit in mid-December. It's just having a great year already. And uh, boy, oh boy, do, yeah, look at this. You see this GE Healthcare too? I mean, this Ripping. is... Just, yeah. It's, this has went from piss to bless since October. GE, baby! Turned, not G, just GE altogether. Because imagine, you look at this GE chart and you think, oh, it got hit. It never got hit. You got the spinoff. This thing, you got to add all that up. So that Joel, 85 down have, to the You don't have GE? Put that chart so put it back on top, Joel. Because the chart doesn't adjust. So if you look at your chart, and I get confused with all these charts you got there. But show me the three-month chart on GE. Where three is month? The monthly is right down here. Bottom right. Uh, bottom yeah. Right. But if you want to go three months, Dennis, this is 2023. Yeah, uh, the upper right chart. Yeah. So this would represent January. And then will you see the December? Well, here yours the... adjusted. Mine didn't adjust. So that does uh. look good, actually. Yours looks way better. I got to go to your system. Mine didn't adjust that chart for the spinoff. I'm still okay. looking at the thing from the, it was like 85 before. It's not. That's why your chart looks better. That's the real chart. Top rate's the real chart. This thing's been a monster. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if they can close. And the value up. trade helping it too. But I mean, yeah. significantly lower guy. Do you think they'd hit the stock? Nope. You think? We'll, Don't we'll think. see. I mean, uh, someone made a good point here about the liquidity coming in. And that, that does make a big difference at, uh, you know, when the liquidity comes in at 930. Uh, because 100%. you could you could have, I mean, this still trades pretty good volume. Like yesterday, it stopped at 8002. So, you know, you had a, you know, probably a decent order out there at 80. So um, we'll see it important, important to, you know, open up here and man, gap fill. I could see this getting a gap fill at 80.02 and, you know, perhaps, I don't know about testing the pre-market high, but uh, we'll see that with GE. Um, One that I looked at and I just caught it too late. What about the pop in Johnson and Johnson? 
I mean, were people looking to get the hell out of that stock? Look at that thing. Dennis, you had to. Did you get down and dirty in this one? No, this ain't I got over 170. This <laughs> got to like 170. I it last night ahead of it. Oh, but I didn't God. take it through. All right, let's give their numbers. Q4 adjusted EPS at $2.35, beat the $2.23 estimate. Sales at $23.7 billion, missed the $23.94 billion estimate. Johnson & Johnson sees fiscal year 23 adjusted operation EPS at $10.40 on the low end, $10.60 on the high end. Operational sales at $96.9 billion to $97.9 uh, ninety-seven point nine billion there. Johnson Johnson pulling right back down. You know what the problem with Johnson Johnson and this earnings report was fine, but the biggest problem is that drug stocks aren't in favor when a risk on market, Joel. Drug yeah. stocks are risk off. Yeah. So you get a counter move. We've been going down for the basically January because that's the January effect. You know, the the conservative drug stocks with the P's is sixteen or less. Ow. We don't want those. We want the no money making Kathy Wood type stocks this year. So now you get a counter move the last three weeks, and there's always going to be overhead supply. So it's slammed. So it obviously was a good report. I thought it was fine. Stock was trading higher, but they pulled the rug out because, hey, this isn't the January effect stock. This isn't the kind of stock we want to own in January. So that's the problem there is the drug stocks are out of favor right now. I do think J&J get down to that 160. You want to put something mm-hmm. on a long term portfolio? Probably not a bad bet on J&J down at 160. It's six bucks away from there. I don't know if you wait or if you go here. I'd put it on my shopping list, though, because I think the market eventually turns, and J&J is going to be a stock that holds up better if the market does go to turn. All right, John. You are now, after being significantly higher, you're in the red here by a buck 34. Ugh, nothing much here. Just uh, you had a spike low back in November. I'm not sure that was probably uh, some drug news. At right, well, you're right there right now, 166.82. So if in fact you can hold that, man, maybe get to the bottom of yesterday's range. It uh, we could be a, a, an easy, not easy, but a pop to 167.95. Your close is right there at 168.31. Uh, if you do lose that that sixty six eighty two low, man, there's not much in here, Dennis. There really isn't. But uh, so far, a wild day in uh, in Johnson and Johnson. And I just like I saw it trading up like a buck and a half or something when I first uh, first pulled it up, and I'm like, well, what about one seventy two? Does anyone want to sell it like the four day high? And uh, they did, and then some. So J and J under pressure. Uh, January effect, uh, you know, it is. winner. Ride it in, and now under pressure. I, I don't think I'd be trying to buy the dip in this one today. No, I, I like it at one sixty. And again, you've got to separate it. So we got multiple people saying, "Oh, now I don't like the drug stocks." I like the drug stocks long term. Yeah. I've been adding to drug stocks long term, but I don't have them in my trading account. I'm not day trading them long. I'd probably be day trading the drug stocks short because you still got the January effect happening mm-hmm. here. I do think it will turn. I do think you get some of these to reasonable valuations. But you know I sold my Merck. I told you I sold my Merck. Yeah. I sold my Abby. I sold them all back December-ish because I was concerned that eventually that these things weren't going to last and hold up. And if it turned in January, which it absolutely did, drugs would go out of favor for at least a few weeks and the growth stocks would come back into favor. That is still continuing here. There's been no signs of that stopping. I mean, you got short squeezes going on, the Bed Bath & Beyond blasting off, and Caravana blasting off for a few days, Kathy Wood making new 
highs on the year here yesterday. So you can't argue with that. Trade, you know, the momentum. So I like to buy, invest. I kind of invest contrarian, but I trade momentum. And you've got to separate it. I've got a lot of stuff in the trading portfolio that makes me kind of throw up in my mouth because it's a lot of junk. But the junk is paying the bills right now. That's the stuff that's actually working. So you got to separate it. But, you know, if you're thinking with your long-term hat on right now, you're buying J&J at 166 on the dip. I won't argue with you. I think it's going lower. I think you might get it at 160. But, you know, I put a little bit of Pfizer in the long-term portfolio. I'm early on it. But that's in the long-term portfolio. Not looking at it. Not on for a trade. Bristol Myers, I put a little bit of that on. Um, I'm actually up, I think, a buck and a half on that one. But that's in the long-term portfolio. So I'm kind of just reallocating. Sold some drugs into December. Some of them have come down significantly. If Abby yeah. comes back down to like that 130, I'll probably reload that thing. So again, separate it. So trade momentum, trade what's going on, but I invest a little bit more contrary. I invest on fundamentals. So if I see, you know, the P's, they make sense. Again, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I should just invest on momentum too. But then I would be trading all the time. I try not to trade that long. Yeah, account. you can't do that. In well, you can. Some people can do it. Maybe I could do it. But I think I do a worse job when I'm over trading my long-term portfolio. But I'll tell you, the day trading portfolio outperforms my long-term portfolio every single year. Every single year. my day trade. So people just ask, why don't you just day trade everything? There's an argument there. The only thing is I'm working that money. You know, there's work that's being put into that. There's not as much work in the long-term invest portfolio. You buy something, you forget about it, and you move on. It has 10 seconds of work. Execute an order and move on. I log in my invest portfolio maybe once a day. Take a look. Maybe I do a little bit of allocation, and that's it. But I, I don't know. It, investing, I've always said, I don't know how great of an investor I am. I know I'm a really good trader, though. So I've done okay investing. It's you know, tough, man. Up it's tough. Over the long run. But it moves with the market, you know? Like, market, bad year last year. My investment portfolio was down as well. So my trading portfolio was great last year. So I guess it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. All right, Mitch, let's... I uh, think the, the question of the day today that I wanted to really ask, and we'll get back to the earnings, but is this a new bull market cycle? I think that's what a lot of people uh, are trying to think about, right? As we get past the 400... There's some people saying we ain't never going back down to those October lows. This is the new bull market. What do you guys think about that? Joel, you're silent. <laughs> no, because I mean we've just had we've just had a significant rally. We're moving into earnings season. So far, this has just been, you know, it's been more of like a, a, a trading range market. So I, I mean, with the numbers that I'm seeing so far, I mean, a, a bull. I mean, there's going to be bull markets and stocks, and it's just another rotation. I, I think it's a steady market. I think people overshot the whole recession thing, but mm -hmm. um, right now, all the numbers are indicating that the market is going up. The levels, the support is moving up. The reaction to some of the news, everything we're we're having a good year. So so goes January, so goes the market. I couldn't, you know, it's not going to be a bull market like you know you saw coming off the COVID lows, and it's not going to be like the bull market that you saw in 2021. I think there's just too many. Will it be a people. bull market? I don't it's think good. anybody. I'm more of a range-bound market than a bull market. Range-bound. All right. I, I, I think says. so. And you know, we can argue. And and again, it's just been rotation this year. We're just getting the opposite rotation of what yes. we got in November. The people who are saying the January effect is nonsense aren't listening to the show because I mean, we called for this 
January effect on this show. Yeah. It is not a coincidence that all of these stocks started to pop in January. We predicted this for two weeks. We were talking about almost every single day coming into January that these growth stocks could turn come the calendar turn. I was tweeting out about Tesla and they were saying, oh, it needs to do this and I need to do this. And I tweeted out, you can go find my tweets. I'm like, you know what Tesla needs? It needs a calendar turn. It needs to go to 2023. And that's all it needed. And it went to 2023. It waited three days and then it blasted off. It did. The January effect is real, folks. This yeah. seasonality stuff is how I make my living. It's not crunching balance sheets and trying to figure out. It's not just charts. I make my living on different effects that work again and again and again. And this one's more even, I would say, just psychological, right? Because it's not, sure necess- it is. not necessarily that things have just gotten all of a sudden rosy, right? It's just more along. People want to buy. It's just They've changed. been waiting. Well, that's and, and stuff was oversold. It was such a good setup because it was so oversold. Tesla was so ridiculously yeah. oversold coming in. And then you got the downgrade on that third day, and then they just bought that. And when it Who reversed was and closed was higher, that? Yeah. the day it reversed and closed higher on that downgrade was the day to go green light on Tesla. And, you know, I wish I would have loaded up. It stayed right there. I did buy a few other stocks. Obviously, I've participated very well in some of those growth trades. Um, I've had some really good ones, you know, I'm beating down names. Like I said, buying the stock, pressing the buy button, kind of throwing up in my mouth a little bit on some of these <laughs> stocks because I'm like, man, this is a really bad company I'm buying. But it's just the calendar effects here. And yeah. some of these really bad companies are the ones that are outperforming everything else, Jeremy. Some of these things are up like 40, 50 percent, man. Did you see in this a matter- Wayfair? This Wayfair? The yes. Wayfair is unbelievable. Oh, 50%. Again, that's on the high short interest. So it just fits all the bills. Beaten down, high short interest. You know, cuts the jobs because that's the new guidance raise. When you're cutting jobs, you get the new guidance raise. Then you get the three analyst upgrade yesterday. Just there was three, huh? They Lemmings just... chasing price. Unbelievable. Hey, man. That's how it is right now. We're living right now in the hopium. The only thing is, can the hopium stick around? Let's get to some more earnings I here. think I did. People are saying, why didn't you tell us to buy Tesla? I don't give investment advice. But no. I think I clearly said when Tesla was one. You said 150. I said I like it to 150. I said it at least two or three gone, yeah. times. I've said it so also are saying on I different say shows, that. Dennis. I cannot tell you what to do. We don't give recommendations. That's not what we're here for. I could say if I like it or I don't like it. I said I like Tesla to 150. It almost got there yesterday. It got to 145. It's not quite there. I still like Tesla to 150. It's still in charge. Now, you know, it's getting long in the tooth now, though. Do you want to sit around for the last four bucks, five bucks? 101 to 144 has been a pretty good move. But I think clearly I've said that I've been liking the growth trade for the last three weeks. Wow, what that I think that's uh that was the city group that uh did that. Um because this one this one did make a new low. This this one was a little bit sneaky because you had that that uh you know, you ended the year at 123.18, got hit on the first day of the year, and then Citigroup uh bottom ticked it. I believe it was on what, January 5th or 6th here. Yeah, you went to 101.81 and uh I know everyone. I and I I know before I left, we were like, "Oh, this thing has a date with double digits. It's got to get to a hundred. And then, boom! It uh, analyst rating uh, turns. I believe it was on the sixth. Uh, they beat it down, put that low in. I don't. We'll see what happens. It uh, yesterday's high. I think this is the same thing with the uh, with the market, with the S and P's, with your stocks that you're trading. 
that that was a pretty significant tumble from from the intraday high. We we sold off forty handles. I, I mean, I know it was still a good day in the market, mm-hmm. but when I see, you know, it just wasn't, you know, like people came in like, okay, you know, this is I'm, I'm taking some profits here. I bought at thirty eight hundred, thirty eight fifty to begin the year. Because that was that was a big move, and then now the fact we got a little follow through for the downside, bulls really got to step it up today. I'd be you know to for us to 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 close green today. I had we got Microsoft after the close, right? We got some big earnings big, reports big. coming up. Things can I, change. Yeah, can in change. a heartbeat. I mean, didn't Microsoft already warn? Didn't they already guide lower? I, I mean, they they they're cutting. Jobs, right? I mean, they're not doing yeah. that for no reason, well, right? That's a good, if I hear that GE invested ten billion in the Chat GPI one more time, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I mean, that it's like it's like recycled news that they invest ten billion like four times. Like I, I keep seeing that, but uh, let's get back. That's let's all get- they do is recycled news, Joel. I mean, and then they trade on it again. The Wayfair is recycled news too. They give the job cuts, stock goes up. Eight bucks on the job cuts, and then the analysts come out. We like the job cuts. It goes up another eight bucks. There's recycled uh, news. Google CEO. Welcome to the market. Welcome to Wall Street, where we we recycle everything. I guess that's good for the earth. <laughs> Google CEO had they had a meeting yesterday, like a town hall event for the job cuts. Um, I think one of the comments that I think is very important to catch is he said that with the expansion of 2021 growth with 41% revenue growth that Google expanded headcount to match that expansion. Pichai said that the company would assume growth would persist. This is not what's happening. Clearly, he just gave you the insight there. He's saying growth is not persistent right now. He's seeing growth slow down. So that's why he cut the headcount. So if anything, what is he telling you? What's coming ahead? The future earnings. I just feel like everybody's just focusing on the short-term gain for the headcount loss, but not thinking in the long-term loss in the revenue going forward, the earnings going forward. Well, they did some it. crazy hiring. They did. They did. And hiring. they need to get out the fat. This is necessary steps. I, what I, my problem isn't what the companies are doing. My problem is how much they're rewarding them. For this. Yeah, that's exactly because what it is. that's the, where the problem lies. They're mm-hmm. doing the smart things, but they're all of a sudden like just like you're doing job cuts and Wayfair goes up 50%. I mean, this isn't like we're growing revenue, we're not growing earnings here, we're cutting expenses because we're not doing as good as we were last year. So, but that's my, where my problem lies is I don't get how why they're rallying the hell out of the stocks for doing it, but they're going to continue to do it. Multiple yeah. companies last night, again, they're seeing what's going on. Oh man, mm-hmm. we cut some jobs. We actually do save some money and our stock goes up 10%. So why not? So you're gonna see this, you're, what you're going to see in this earnings season coming is probably some lower guides. If they're lowering guides, they're going to announce job cuts with it. So if they're going to lower the guide, they're going to announce the job cuts with it to try to like prop, prop the yeah. stock back yeah. up. Bring the and bar back. That might back. work. That yeah, might then- work. 3M did it here. Um, let's go to 3M right quick. Uh, 3M Q4 adjusted EPS at $2.28, missing the $2.36 estimate. Sales at $8.79 billion beat the $8.04 billion estimate. They do see fiscal year adjusted EPS at $8.50 to $9 versus a $10.22 estimate. So still big miss there on the f- uh, full year 23 
adjusted EPS, and then they reduced what 2,500 manufacturing roles, trying to give them a little lift. Again, this is not the stock that is sexy right now. It's no, no, a no. cash PE 13, dividend 5.1%. The stock earnings, not great, but by any means, this isn't the one they want anyway. So it's this is not the earnings season, at least early in this earnings season, to be looking you know, at you know, taking these things, the Johnson Johnson's and 3M's longer in the reports. Because even if they beat, they might actually go down because they're just not the stocks that are in favor right now. The little growth stocks are in favor. They've been in favor for three weeks. You can't argue with momentum. That's where it is. It will turn. There will be a turn here again. I don't know the timing of it. I think it's going to be a tape bomb from one of the big guns that yep. turns it all. That's what you've been but, saying. Yep. And that's what I'm predicting. But we haven't had that yet. So you might as well keep playing growth from the long side until Apple comes out and warns or Microsoft comes out tonight. They might, I'd be a little scared going through the Microsoft report here tonight. But maybe it's mm -hmm. going to be fine. And maybe, and, and you know what the other thing is? They could warn and do the job cuts, and maybe the stock goes up, and maybe they're fine too. That's a curveball. The, the job cuts is a new curveball here because they are all about the way they've been. Right. We, I saw Christian. Right I saw Christian uh, tweet out about. Does anyone have any studies? Uh, you know, and this would just be short term. I'm sure you could do it. It's like all the like Amazon did it. All these companies. What the initial reaction was, right? Where it was a week after, and you know where it's at two weeks after. I think Amazon is uh, is uh, st um, still above that level because that you know people have gone back into the 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 mega cap technology stocks. But the only thing I want to say about 3M is this: yeah. this thing has been a dog since 2018. Yeah, I mean, throw out the pandemic. Throw, yeah, I mean, just it. This has just not been the place to be. So, mm -hmm. looking at this down 542 today, yeah, you can lick your chops on like a day trade or something. But man, and they still they didn't say anything about that that lawsuit. But with the with it's, the, it, and that's the issue. And, and yeah. some of that has been uh, they're they're not beyond it, but some of it is starting to get a little bit of like clarity to where that's going to be. So I think, you know, there's a certain point in time, maybe 3M is going to be a buy because that is really what is weighed on the stocks and they're starting to get more clarity there. I mean, this was a $259 stock. Some people were worried that these losses were going to get so bad that it was going to actually put the company Bankrupt. into bankruptcy. Yeah. I don't think that's happening here. And I think we're starting to get clarity that that's probably not going to happen. But at the same time, that's, you know, what this market is worrying about here. Somebody notifying us, yes, Bed Bath & Beyond, the short squeeze continues up 21% here this morning. It's come off significantly, and now it's coming back up here. And again, you know, it's going to be back and forth here. I don't know if there's a headline driving it this morning or not, but Bed Bath & Beyond just went up just uh, to take you on the tangent there. Oh, man. Come on, man. I got enough to talk about, team. We got to go you know bed, what, bath, and beyond BY? now. Come on, man. I thought we put it to bed, bath, and beyond. I, I was the short squeeze it. continues in so many of these names here right now. So, um, again, you've just got to respect it. I've been playing a few of these names um, just because when these things start squeezing, I'm not in bed, bath, and beyond, but we know I played Carvana for a little bit there. I was playing a few of these other names. You go to the list and you see, well, what has high short interest? Whatever has high short interest right now is really outperforming in January. And again, it's not even high short interest. It's just January beating, is almost over. Down though. crap is January is almost day. over though, right? Just What's to that? kind of point that January is almost over, right? Well, I know you got short leash. <laughs> all this stuff. 
That's why I don't <laughs> just, even talk about these because I'm going to be trading out of these at any given moment. I don't know when I'm trading It's not the February effect, trades. right? It's not the February effect, Well, there you right? go, Mitch. So the calendar isn't going to help us here. You're right, Mitch. <laughs> You're coming towards the end on probably some of these trades here. So you just got to be cautious. But, I mean, you can't argue with it. Right now, if you went to that high short interest or yeah. whatever, you know, the, all the names on there, they've all – a lot of those names, probably 75 or 80% of them have had a pretty darn good January. So that's what's working right now. And I've been playing a few of these names. I don't talk about them because I actively trade them. I don't talk about the stocks that I'm actively trading. Uh, But that list, you know, the list of the high short interest has been moving. Yeah. The whole month they've been moving. And they got that $5 threshold and then uh, came back down. But, yeah, hard to do technicals on this one. Go ahead, Mitch. We we do have a guest today. We do have uh, uh, a guest, and I'm looking forward to talking to, Nate Tobik. Yeah, we're going to get into the bank. Bank data report because I I really – this is – this JP Morgan, it kind of kept me out of like the bearish camp. Uh, the way that was holding on, it had the good mm-hmm. earnings, but we'll do that. Do you want to? Do you want to well, sneak one more in here? Um, well, I'm going to do is I'm going to actually do a threefold earnings report. We're going to go okay. through the Woo! industrials here now. Of wow. course, two of them are going to be more defense names. One of them more in the battling Dennis's name, and why I'll say that is because Picard showing strength, baby. I'll give those earnings. Doesn't want to turn around. Car earnings. I like that. EPS at at $2.64 beat the $2.21 estimate. Sales at $8.13 billion beat the $7.11 billion estimate. I was looking at this chart to see if it was going to hang on 100. I think this one likes to play catch up to cat and deer. Um, So we'll see if this can continue the cat in the hat. That didn't show that much weakness yesterday. Deer a little bit showing a little weakness and then the defensive names like Lockheed Martin coming in also today uh, with a beat and a beat also a nice, uh, nice fiscal year EPS coming in here at $26 and 60 cents and $26 and 90 cents over the $26 and 93 cent estimate there. Uh, Net sales, not looking too bad either right in between the estimates. So Lockheed Martin, not doing too bad. A beat on EPS and a beat on sales. I think I'd sell Lockheed Martin. It's yeah, just my just opinion. This is one it. that's obviously but had the war. effect the but opposite war. way. Sets up like the Johnson & Johnson. Mm-hmm. I didn't even look at the report, so I don't have the numbers in front of me. But yeah. just this is the kind of stock that uh, they're not into in January. It's obviously had a very good – so it's, again, again, the opposite. So it almost sets up like the Johnson & Johnson. If I was in Lockheed Martin, I would sell it here. Just my opinion. Yeah, right. we did. We get a pop over 452, but uh, oh, man, that's just under. If you get through that 452, which doesn't feel like that's a good five bucks away, uh, 453 and a half is a good number um, on the upside if the rally continues. Doesn't feel that way. SPs are leaking here too, uh, making new lows on the pre market session. Uh, I'd be for this one, focus number 446.83. That was yesterday's high. And we're we're kind of getting in uh, getting in that area right now. Close at four forty one twenty eight. I agree. Kind of looks like the Johnson and Johnson chart. And then what else did you? Uh, ooh, Johnson and Johnson still sinking. And then what did uh, the other two you gave? A car. Were... Uh, if you if you want to take a look at that one, give levels on that. And then what's uh, that? Just want to that... peek on Raytheon in a second. P A C P C C A or P C C R. Picard? Yeah. No, P- Picard. yeah. P-C-A-R. P-A-C-R. Yeah. P-C-A-R. You guys, you guys <laughs> transposing everything here. Come on. Yeah, no, uh, I, mean, I know when we go to it, this. but... 
I, I, I like know. this. I like it. I like it. It's holding that 100 really well on the pullbacks. Look at those 97s uh, holding on pullbacks too. I like the chart. Uh, I'd be a, a buyer top yesterday's range, 103.06. And on the upside here, if you get a look at the pre-market high, that is 108.87. This is a... This is a wild one breaking out. Let's see if it holds. Only 11,000 shares have traded. Not chasing. S&P is still making new lows here yeah. on the pre-market set. Just a slow leak. Not a not a big flush or anything. Keep an but- eye on Tesla if you're trading the growth names. It's the name you're watching. If Tesla goes to roll over, growth will roll over with it. If Tesla goes and turns around and goes green, growth will grow with it as well. Tesla continues to be your leader. If you are trading the growth names, know your leadership. It is Tesla. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's get out of this conversation. Let's get into the banks. Let's get to our guest today. All right. We got Nate Tobik here, investor, founder of CompleteBankData.com, author of the Bank Investor Handbook. Check it out, team. Welcome back, Nate. Morning. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well here. Uh, boy, oh boy, we, we had a brief conversation yesterday, and uh, I just want to go to to the biggest bank of all, J.P. Morgan, and we can uh, take you know parallel off that. Um, boy, what a nice! It just wouldn't go down ahead of earnings. They big <laughs> earnings day, but then I look I look at the fate here. So as much as like J.P. Morgan, that chart kind of hanging on kind of kept me in like the bullish can't to start the year the way this is fading now i don't know i mean it's just been hanging on for dear life talk about the the bank earnings thus far with uh jp morgan and some of the other mega banks i mean so it's um you know these stocks are kind of like a mirror and so it's it's kind of what dennis was saying it's whatever people want to believe on these things so the earnings are great a lot of the big banks they uh, they're, the yield is expanding because they haven't raised their deposit rates. Loan rates have gone up. As long as that persists, those big banks are going to continue to kill it. At the same time, uh, you know, there's like office defaults. And so people are like, oh, well, maybe the, the you know, the other shoe's going to drop. But it hasn't. Um, you know, the predicted recession still hasn't hit. And so some people are looking for that. It's like the shoe's about to drop. You know, there's a little weakness. Like I saw um, PNC, they beat, but they didn't beat by as much as people thought they would. So it was like, you know, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe the shoe's about to drop with them. Well, it they're still doing well. Earnings are still great. So is it going to continue? I mean, unless something changes fundamentally in the economy, uh, yeah, the earnings are going to kind of continue the same path. And just with, you know, the, the course of interest rates here, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the cycles and how long it took to, you know, bring inflation down and, and whatnot. I mean, we're probably still in kind of like the early stages, right? I mean, the way the bank or the way the Fed has ratcheted up rates, it takes a while to filter through uh, through the system. So even if rates start to stabilize, you know, here, maybe, you know, we're, we're obviously uh, uh, benchmark on the next CPI report. How long do you think, you know, the positive lag, you know, will continue with just, to, you know, I mean, the biggest percentage raise in interest rates we've seen in uh, in decades? Well, I mean, so it, it varies by bank. And uh, so what I'd say is 
I would, unless you're in a small bank that has a bunch of depositors who don't know what's going on and are happy with 0%, um, those probably aren't the banks to be in. Uh, but larger ones with a diversified funding base and the ability to you know, demand larger deposits uh, at lower rates, they're going to keep that that attractive funding. So, <coughs> excuse me, the, the larger banks are going to have the advantage here. And um, you're right. I, I don't think yields are going to drop. Even if inflation slows, uh, price levels are higher. Everyone still is looking for a raise. That There's an effect to that. Uh, it isn't like every price is just going back to what it was a couple of years ago. And uh, and because of that, the the rate environment is is sort of staying the same. Um, now, what we do have, which is interesting, is you know there is it'll be interesting in the spring because we have a whole uh, set of people in the housing market who have you know essentially the golden handcuffs. They've got the uh, the three percent mortgage, and it's going to be nearly impossible to get them to ever sell and move. So um, you know what a I think what a lot of people have been expecting is, hey, there's going to be some housing market crash. Uh, I'm not sure that's actually the case because I don't think there's enough inventory to actually supply the demand of people who are going to be moving and buying. And I think prices are going to stay up even with the higher rates, which, you know, that's not how it's supposed to happen, according to the textbooks. You know what else the problem is in the housing market is the input costs. It's like to rebuild a house now. And I just went through it. It's so much more money. Yes. So I'm like, who is, you know, going to, you know, like you're going to always have, you know, the, the house that's existing is going to hold up. It's a made up of input costs. So people will look at this and say, well, if this house costs 500000 to build, but I can buy this house for two fifty or three, it's going to hold up because it's just yes. a matter of dollars and cents. Like labor costs are way up, material costs, even though lumber has come down, still a lot of materials and inputs into the house are way up. So, I mean, that's a consideration too. That's why I don't think the housing market crashes either. I, I don't think so. Now, what is starting to show cracks is the office market. And uh, so, like, it was released yesterday. Uh, KBS has a couple office REITs, and uh, one of theirs just suspended investor redemption. So KBS REIT 3, and uh, that's because they started to default on some of the loans on their offices. So that is the, the undertone is people haven't gone back to the office uh, some people have, but not enough. And uh, rent isn't being covered and, and, you know, isn't enough to cover the mortgage payments in some of these cases. And so that's happening. Uh, the question is, what ultimately happens to the banks who hold these notes? Uh, they're, they're probably regional banks. So like, you know, the PNCs, the region financials, <coughs> excuse me, the, those, those, are, um, those are going to be the lenders. So the question is, do they have a, a balance sheet that's able to absorb that? And um, it it sure seems like it right now. Give us a couple office REITs to take a look at here. Um, I mean, so the, the it's KBS REIT 3. Um, I think they have three REITs. Well, I mean, I know they do. Um, the ticker on that one is it's uh, KBSR, I think. Okay. It. I mean, it's what's interesting is if you look at the the chart, it hasn't. They've paused investor redemptions. They haven't really done. It it hasn't really moved much. I mean, if a fund, 
if a fund just says, hey, we're we're going silent because our losses are so bad and um, it's kind of sitting where the chart I had, it was. Yeah, it doesn't trade trades by uh, which stock. This is the uh, the KBS REIT. Yeah, you gave it to me before. KB. Um, I think it's KBSR. Yeah. KBSR. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Donna. I don't know. That, doesn't really uh, trade. Yeah, it doesn't trade a lot. What are the, some of the big ones, Dennis? Like, um, we're just escaping, Dennis. What are some of the big office reads that? Which one, uh, which one are you thinking about? Oh man, they own a bunch of New York properties. Hey, let's do it. Um, I, here. I, I, I got you right here. I got you right here. I'm not a big right. office. Biggest one trader, is so. DLR. Biggest one by CREP is going to be DLR, like a digital reality trust. Um, then you got also ARE, Alexandra Real Estate. There's okay. a bunch. I don't know which EXP, what they hold, though. Boston Properties. I don't know yeah, how Boston you guys feel properties. about Boston. Yeah. yeah. Oh, BXP. Okay, that was one. Yeah. Okay. Whew, that that that's had a that's not showing any uh any chinks in the armor. What about what about some of the smaller banks, some of the the smaller regional banks here? We haven't. I like Ally. Ally has li moved lately. Has it? <laughs> and that's been a monster since the wow. earnings. It has been. Uh, you know, any any you know. I, I'm not. I'm I'm cool. I you. I mean, as you know, over the years, I always love these small banks. Uh, very very cool on a lot of these right now. It's uh -huh. um, you know personally, I I've unloaded most of the small ones I own. I'm just sitting out this inning, waiting until uh, until you know I see some changes. That the the thing that's killing them is. Uh, funding costs have gone up dramatically and they just don't have the ability to put the money to work. So what it is, is they're starting to hit it. In, you know, in a lot of cases, they've got mortgages at three, four percent and their funding cost is now, you know, on new money is creeping up to that if they're selling CDs. Um, and so essentially they're they're it's it's crossing over into the negative. Um, last time that happened was the savings and loan crisis in the 80s. And uh, we all know how that went for, for a bunch of small banks. So it, if you see a, a small bank's funding uh, rising dramatically and they're not uh, matching that with new loan growth, which most of these aren't, uh, that's, that is the biggest sell indicator you could look for. Okay. All right. Now I wanted to ask you, Nate, about what's going on with Goldman Sachs. Looks like they're getting investigated. Is this anything that we should be worried about if we're Goldman Sachs investors? I mean, so so Goldman Sachs is a, a little bit of a different beast. Um, you know, the thing is they <coughs> excuse me, they they really tried their hand. Uh they had the big Marcus write down. That was that didn't quite work out like they thought. And um I you know, the the thing is. Goldman Sachs always seems to land on their feet as long as the market is trading and they're able to, to trade the flows. They're able to make it work. Um, it seems when they expand into these other ventures, that's where it starts to get a little rough. Um, you know, I don't know enough about the who their friends are in in Washington to know is this an actual real threat or not. Uh, they seem to have kind of come out fine in every case in the past. So. I'm not sure that that's actually good or bad, but that just seems to be their history. 
All right, Nate, we're going to let you go here. Uh, Nate Tolbert, CompleteBankData.com. Cautious on the small banks and thinking some of the big banks still have uh, some uh, some earnings power here with the rising interest rate. Great to, great to have you on, Nate, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you. Bye. Have a good one, Nate. We just All had right. a nice push lower here. Uh, GE is now, now we know it's in the red here. So uh, ill got <laughs> the hedge fund. The hedge it's fund not even couldn't keep it up. Just in the market and the individual names too. It's all chop. If you're chasing, you're doing it wrong. Lockheed Martin's <laughs> yeah. coming in a little bit here too. Yeah. Take your money and run market and spin. And I don't but think it, that's it changed, is. Right? It's a trader's market. And right now in 2022 and so far in 2023, it's been a trader's market. The trading has outperformed the investing significantly in 2022 and 2023. You got to take the money and run because there's so much chop. You're like, da 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 and you're sitting there investing, and it's going nowhere, your account. But, you know, if you can trade the chop, you can make some money, too. Again, I know trading is hard. It's not for everyone. If you're a long-term investor, you got a day job, and you're making one trade a day, maybe you just hold it's for long run. Yep. I'm not going to argue with you. But if you're trying to sit here and actively trade, there is an edge in actively trading. But you got to learn, you know, obviously got to learn your technicals, but you got to learn, you know, relationships and how, you know, everything's related to each other. I think that's the most important thing. And nobody talks about relationships. Well, uh, one thing that I would say is I uh, put in the chat, right? I want to remember, right? The market likes to hurt where it can hurt the most. Sure. And I feel like there's a lot of bullish tune out there right now. And a lot of bulls out there is saying that this, this trade is kind of easy right now. The rotation back to value could be wicked. And I do want to mention that. because, well, And that's why I think on the pullbacks here, I'm buying drug stocks in the long-term yeah. account because I think it does happen. It's not going to be January forever. I think you're right, Mitch. I don't think this is the turnaround where we're going to see a firm go to $50, $80, $100 no, again. Those days. I think you've got a nice run, a firm, and people don't want to hear that. It's went from 8 to 15. The stock has doubled. This has doubled since the low. People are like, what are you talking about? I bought this at 50. It's 15. It has doubled off of the low here. It's been a really good move for a firm, a huge move. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, it's time to start thinking about ringing the register on some of these names. Again, using Tessa, Spinner saying NVIDIA, use those for your leader because that's where your leadership is. I mean, Square is a leader as well. Look at the move in Square. But a little bit upside capitulation yesterday, maybe, Joel. Just got a little bit silly in yeah, some of these games. Yeah. Video the... trading up 10 bucks. AMD <sighs> ripping six, seven dollars higher. Square ripping ten dollars or twelve dollars in two days. It's a big move. Yeah, yeah, I won't yeah. argue if you're taking profits. Yeah. I don't I know mean... if it's over yet. But I mm -hmm. won't argue if you're if you're taking profit. The farther the farther that you know we leak here from uh, you know in the S and P's and stuff, I you know those closes. Uh, I, if you're looking, you know if you've had some swings on and some things, and you're nervous about the Microsoft report, uh, boy, there I mean, be some, some people, yeah, great point. There could be some people nervous holding these growth names through the Microsoft report. I'm kind of nervous. I have a lot of these growth names on too, and I'm like, maybe you don't hold them through the report. So. Uh, again, something to think about. I'm still along the Rivian. Um, you it's been all over the place. Them? What's that? Oh, I thought you. Oh, they almost got you on that. They one. almost got me. They didn't quite get me. I've given it oh, a little I bit thought. of room there. I did make a new low. I probably should have sold it, but everything else was just holding <laughs> up still. Now, who sells bag, at a loss? The bag got lighter. <laughs> like the bag got lighter. They say. Uh, <laughs> the bag that got is... lighter. I'm still in there. I, I think I don't remember. I bought. I think sixteen, like forty or something. I've given it some room. 
So right. I had 20 is where I was hoping for, but I don't know if Tesla rolls over, I may have to sell the Rivian. So I might sell today. I haven't decided yet. Depending on, I'm going to watch Tesla, NVIDIA, AMD as my leaders. Tesla's not having a good morning so far. because so that's somewhat concerning for the Rivian, but it could turn around. So we're going to keep Tesla on our screen. Tesla mm-hmm. continues to roll over. I might get rid of the Rivian. If Tesla can turn around, I'll keep holding. So I've been in this for like two weeks. Uh, a right. long trade for me. A CIC order. Cancel if close. Is that, is <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about lithium names yesterday, and Albemarle gave some pre-announcement there. Uh, let's go to ALB here. Fiscal year 23 sales at $11.3 billion to $12.9 billion versus a $10.18 billion estimate. Adjusted EBITDA. At 4.2 billion to 5.1 billion, EPS to 26 dollars and 33 dollars uh, on the high end versus a 28 dollars and eight cent estimate. Uh, full disclosure: I am long some a- LAC. You guys saw that yesterday on LAC. live trading, doing the swing on that. Still a deep in the green. We'll see what happens. It was giving me a little lift. It didn't give me as much lift as I thought, but who knows? Maybe towards the bell, we'll continue. The- I was watching PLL continue yesterday, too. We talked about that Yeah, one. the lithium stock's been, been hot. Well, you know I rang the register the on LTHM. I'm still in ALB. I bought LTHM and ALB on the same day. I'm still in the ALB. It's so the one you're talking about. Um, I'm holding on to the ALB. I put in the long-term portfolio. The bloody PE on this thing is like 8 or 9. I don't know. Maybe we're going to go into a recession, the PE, and it is probably cyclical. We're talking about making possibly $33 a share. I mean, this company is printing money. And if you think, you know, EV is for real, they got to get the lithium from somewhere. ALB is your major player. So I like the ALB. They're hitting it on good guidance, so it's never a good thing. So talking against my book here, you never want to see them hit it on good guidance because the sales guidance was excellent. The EPS guidance was kind of in line, and maybe that's the problem. But more of the problem, they buy the stock up last night, catch a few people, and then they hammer it. Just the reversals. There's so many reversals, just been wicked reversals. Yeah, and uh, did you see? Has there been anything on the tape here? Or is this just uh, a good old oh. fashioned sell off? The way we uh, cut market through? not helping it probably, Joel. The overall market, yeah, because we've been selling off there, and then you know a rising tide lifts lifts all ships. Ships, and what's what would be the opposite of that? Uh, flood well, sinks all. Uh, yeah, we but you have <laughs> the hole in the boat drowns the boat. The hole in the boat is not a good idea. Forty-eight ninety-one is uh, the low from yesterday in ALB. If you, I mean, I'm going to be holding my ALB. I don't okay. intend to sell that one. I sold okay. the lithium LTHM. I'm going to hold on to the ALB. The ALB is a better one, I think. Well, uh, definitely we'll be watching what happens there. And don't forget on the 27th, we'll be getting PCE too, right? That could change things up. Another inflation reading. Um, everyone's been looking at the Fed to start thinking about potentially a soft landing, right? Is the economy going to stay strong? We'll get GDP numbers. We'll see what else is being mentioned. Let's get maybe one more earnings report in here. It's about 8.55. We can get towards one more. I uh, had Halliburton that I wanted to talk about. Let's go to Halliburton. Maybe we can take a look also at some oil stocks lately. Q4 EPS at 72 cents beat the 67 cent estimate. Sales at 5.58 billion beat the 5.58 billion estimate. Uh, They raised their quarterly dividend from 12 cents now to 16 cents a share. Um, So not looking too bad there in Halliburton. I'll look to see if it holds the 40. That's what I've been talking about for the last couple of days. Look to see if it holds it. 
Um, I'm scared on all the energy stocks for the same reason. You've seen the drug stocks get hit. The energy has held up relentlessly. Yeah. And maybe this is just the place. It's the low P's. They continue to hold up. I don't know when we get this energy rollover. Maybe it's never coming. I've been I've been looking for an energy rollover. It's never come. So I think these things set up to roll over, but I keep saying they're going to roll over and they don't do it. So I've been wrong on energy, but I'm sticking with my bearish theme on energy. Uh, I've been wrong. The uh, the pop here, if you were paying attention to your dailies here, you had a pair of highs right at 41.30, right? And then they popped it up there in the pre-market on a couple occasions, getting right to 41.30 again. So the fact that you had two highs there and then it stopped it in the pre-market, that is a really, really good level. I'm going to go a little bit lower than Mitch. Mitch was talking about the psychological $40 level. For me, I don't think they really start to hit this stock here. If I was trying to protect some profits, I'd look at the 39.45 area. That splits a couple lows from the 6th and from the 19th so there we people go people asking me about my apple hedge because i knew i hedged it to january i let it go <laughs> i let it go i'm eating the tax because i'm just looking and i just don't like the pe i don't want it on the apple stock so i sold it it would have my calls or my the, the puts that i had would have been exercised yesterday 150 and 155 yeah. over the weekend on friday's expiration so i no longer own apple really i let oh, it go I yeah Okay. okay. That's how much hey. I don't like Apple. I'm willing to pay the tax on it. There you go. I thought about that's it. A, I thought about rolling it. That's an interesting one there. I thought about rolling it. I, I was right. I, I analyzed the full day. I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to own Apple at this point. It's come back up here to 140. I mm -hmm. feel like, you know, trading 21 times. I just feel like the cash cow they are, unless they tell me about a new car, like, or something new. I've been waiting a long like, time. It's like, you've been sitting here. Yeah. And you know what? It was all multiple expansion, and it was a tough. It was tough because I was my average cost basis was twenty five dollars on Apple. So I'm like, I got to pay a lot of tax on that. But again, it's just at this point in time, I just like, I don't know. I think I can put my money better to work somewhere else. So I am gonna. That's eat some a good. Tax. Yeah, yeah. Long term that's capital gain. So you know, you analyze it. Sometimes you just got to pay the tax. You don't like the anything stock you'd anymore. be going after now, or do you think that you'd just kind of hang on to the sideline with that? Um, I don't know. Um, again, I've been, All you know, right. you know, I've been buying a little bit of drug stocks yeah. to pull back. This, I, th I would go back in Apple probably if it came under a hundred dollars. If it got back down to a, like a less than a market multiple, I think I would go in it. But I just at this point in time, I let it go. I had it for like eight years. Sometimes you just gotta let them go. Yeah. Hey, sometimes that's, 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 that's sometimes that, better. That, yeah. it's a, it's a, Joel's it's like, a I don't know how to do bill. that. <laughs> Joel's a, like, I don't know how to do yeah, all that. I don't it's like It's a crappy that. tax bill to pay, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, Apple had a really good day yesterday. Uh, actually, yeah. a three day move here. I'd just be looking. We're in the red here. So let's look at uh, that close at 41.11. Haven't closed in the 40 handle. Wow. You have to go back. Quite a ways here. You have to go back to mid December, uh, 143.21. So, uh, resisted support 37.90. Uh, that's like a two star there. That was the, I mean, did coincide with the previous day's high. But uh, if you're looking on a day trade here, I'd say 138 support and 141.11, the close resistance. If you get that little sympathetic pop off the open, you know, on the 930 open, people. Oh, I took the short home overnight. I'm so glad. I'm going to buy, 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 buy off the open. Mm -hmm. so that's what I'd be Levels looking at. Levels to watch today, pop. Joel. What will scare you on downside action? 
And what would be the upside um, breakout level that we should maybe look? Oh, for? I'm firm on the upside here uh, with 3650 because that was a close, and now we're 20 20 handles above that. I don't even th or below that. I don't even. I doubt we see that today. We'll see what happens. On the downside, I can't give you any really good support um, until you get down to uh, Friday's close, 8850. And that was just a call. It went red. It went red just for a few minutes off the open. They got a couple ticks below the close, and then they had the big rally. So, um, you know, just uh, incremental numbers going down to that interday low from yesterday at 86 and a quarter. Triple D, any uh, any final thoughts from you here? Uh, after shop, that? I'm keeping, and again, I'm in some of these growth name short-term trades. Um, keeping Tesla on my screen as a leader. I do like mm -hmm. watching in video as Spinner was saying earlier as a leader as well. Square, AMD, those are all your leaders for all the smaller growth stuff. So right now they're not having a good morning. Let's see what happens after the open. Do we see buyers reemerge or do we see follow through? That's going to be the tell. This could be a turning point. Might not be a turning point. There's probably a few people nervous to hold growth for Microsoft. If Microsoft does okay tonight, yeah, then yeah. you know you might just there see this go. growth rally continue. And maybe Microsoft, there is always the wild card that they maybe you know say something not that great. But to cut more jobs or something, and then that would be—that's what you're going to see happen in this earnings season. You're going to see some disappointing earnings, but you can see job cuts around with it, and maybe stocks rally around it. So it's going to be a very Tough confusing scenarios. earnings season, to say the least. Yeah, and so far the uh, the first moves have been pretty good head fakes. So we'll keep an eye on that. I just wanted to take a quick look at uh, GE now down a buck ten here as the uh, uh, as the report was uh, dissected here. Now way off that pre market high. So everyone uh, have a good day and uh, Triple D. I'll talk to you at the top of the hour. Okay, thanks, Joel. All right, we're going to wrap up here. We'll let Dennis get out of here. We'll see what you got in store for us today. And like always, you guys can keep up with Dennis on Triple D Trader on Twitter. Have a good one, Dennis. Go do what you Thanks, do best, guys. my friend. All right, that's going to do it for us on Pre-Market Prep. Like always, you guys can stick around. we got a great day for you guys. We're going to get into some live trading action. That's coming up next. Then you got Benzinga Live with AB, of course. He'll take a look at all the recent moves. And then... Stock market movers, we get into the headlines, the expert opinions. That's really what stock market movers is all about. If you guys like the interviews that we do here on pre-market prep, well, check out the interviews that I do on stock market movers as I always go towards the analysts, the experts, the ones that you guys see out there on the different medias. They come right here on Benzinga. Why catch them anywhere else? Right here on Benzinga, you get to ask a question. That's the major difference, the competitive advantage that we have over other medias. A lot of the times, what do they do? They ask the questions they want to ask. If you have a question out there, you're working on your game, let us know in the chat. That's what it's all about. You guys get to run the show too here on Benzinga. So hit the thumbs up. Hope you guys appreciate that. And like always, I'm going to keep growing my book club. I hope that you guys get out there. I will throw up the link. Don't got to talk about it every day, but it's up to you guys. If you guys want to keep building on your skills, you guys can always jump into the book club. We'll be starting up really this Sunday. Don't miss it. Trading in the zone. Mark Douglas up next. Live trade in action. Let's get into it. Let's see what this market brings today. Will it break through that 400 today? Looks like we got through it yesterday. We'll see what happens today. And of course, the question of the day. Is this a new bull market cycle? Ask yourself, ask others, see what they think. And of course, 
Always bring the discussion back right here. Benzinga, pre-market prep. See you guys. We'll be right back.